Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. <clears throat> My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from uh, about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today... We're starting a new chapter, chapter 23, The War Against Yourself, and we'll read the introduction, and sections one and two, the introduction, and the irreconcilable beliefs. At the top of the hour, I'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, led today again by wonderful friend, and today's lesson is Lesson 251, I Am in Need of Nothing But the Truth. Well, I guess it's my favorite indulgence here. Lori, do you have a poetic opening for this call? I do, and boy, what a find it was. Very, very old poem about love. It comes in three movements, describing, describing the way our Father entices us to return. And this is the third movement called Love Three by George Herbert. Love bade me welcome, yet my soldier back guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind and ungrateful? Ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, Who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says Love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says Love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Love made me welcome. And I am in need of nothing but the truth. Amen. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Wow. 
Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Larry. That was a privilege. (laughs) Okay, well, with us in greeting this morning, I have Lori, Bran, Jennifer, Karen, Jessica, and Robin Marie. And with us in listening, I have Kristen and Ida. Is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Morning, this is Sandra. I can read. Great. Thanks, Sandra. All right, well, I'll get us started then. In Chapter 23, The War Against Yourself, Introduction. Do you not see the opposite of frailty and weakness is sinlessness? Innocence is strength, and nothing else is strong. The sinless cannot fear, for sin of any kind is weakness. The show of strength attack would use to cover frailty conceals it not, for how can the unreal be hidden? No one is strong who has an enemy, and no one can attack unless he thinks he has. Belief in enemies is therefore the belief in weakness, and what is weak is not the will of God. Being opposed to it, it is its so-called enemy, and God is feared as an opposing will. Laurie? Chapter 23 is itself. not see the opposite of frailty and weakness is sinlessness? Innocence is strength and nothing else strong. The sinless cannot fear for us. Sin of any kind is weakness. The show of strength attack would use to cover frailty conceals it not. For how can the unreal be hidden? No one is strong who has an enemy. And no one can attack unless he thinks he has. Belief in enemies is therefore the belief in weakness. And what is weak is not the will of God. Being opposed to it, it is its so-called enemy. And God is feared as an opposing will. Two, how strange indeed becomes this war against yourself. You will believe that everything you use for sin can hurt you and become your enemy. And you will fight against it and try to weaken it because of this. And you will think that you have succeeded and attack again. It is as certain you will fear what you attack as it is sure that you will love what you perceive as sinless. He walks in peace who travels sinlessly along the way love shows him. For love walks with him there, protecting him from fear. And he will see only the sinless who cannot attack. Thank you, Lori and Fran. Two, 
How strange indeed becomes this war against yourself. You will believe that everything you use for sin can hurt you and become your enemy. And you will fight against it and try to weaken it because of this. And you will think that you succeeded and attack again. It is as certain you will fear what you attack as it is sure that you will love what you perceive as sinless. He walks in peace who travels sinlessly along the way love shows him. For love walks with him there, protecting him from fear. And he will see only the sinless who cannot attack. 3. Walk you in glory with your head held high, and fear no evil. The innocent are safe because they share their innocence. Nothing they see is harmful, for their awareness of the truth releases everything from the illusion of harmfulness. And what seemed harmful now stands shining in their innocence, released from sin and fear, and happily returned to love. They share the strength of love because they looked on innocence, and every error disappeared because they saw it not. Who loves for glory finds it where it is. Excuse me. Who looks for glory finds it where it is. Where could it be but in the innocent? Thank you, Brian and Jennifer. Three. Walk you in glory with your head held high and fear no evil. The innocent are safe because they share their innocence. Nothing they see is harmful, for their awareness of the truth releases everything from the illusion of harmfulness. And what seems harmful now stands shining in their innocence, released from sin and fear, and happily returned to love. They share the strength of love because they looked on innocence and every error disappeared because they saw it not. Who looks for glory finds it where it is. Where could it be but in the innocent? Or let not the little interferers pull you into littleness. There can be no attraction of guilt and innocence. There cannot be no attraction of guilt and innocence. Think what a happy world you walk with truth beside you. Do not give up this world of freedom for a little sigh of seeming sin, nor for a tiny stirring, stirring of guilt or attraction. Would you, for all these meaningless distractions, lay heaven aside? Your destiny and purpose are far beyond them in the clean place where littleness does not exist. Your purpose is at variance with littleness of any kind. And so it is at variance with sin. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen? Four. Let not the little interferers pull you to littleness. There can be no attraction of guilt and innocence. 
Think what a happy world you walk with truth beside you. Do not give up this world of freedom for a little sigh of seeming sin, nor for a tiny stirring of of guilt attraction. Would you, for all these meaningless distractions, lay heaven aside? Your destiny and purpose are far beyond them in the clean place where littleness does not exist. Your purpose is at variance with littleness of any kind, and so it is at variance with sin. Five, let us not let littleness lead God's Son into temptation. His glory is beyond it, measureless and timeless as eternity. Do not let time intrude upon your sight of him. Let him not, excuse me, leave him not frightened and alone in his temptation, but help him rise above it and perceive the light of which he is a part. Your innocence will light the way to his, and so is yours protected and kept in your awareness. For who can know his glory and perceive the little and the weak about him. Who can walk trembling in a fearful world and realize that heaven's glory shines on him? Problems with your mic, Lemoyne. We can't hear you. No, I still can't hear you. Can you hear that buzzing? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear the buzzer. Yeah. That must be him. Do we remember? remember Who's next in the... Right. Uh, Lemoyne, you may need to... Call back. Yeah. Call back. got louder. <laughs> yeah. Still not working out, Lemoyne. Did he call back? Did you call back, Lemoyne? No, now he's going to. Yeah, now he's going to. I didn't take down the reading list. Um, does uh, anybody remember better? who reads? There you are. Uh, yeah, Perfect. better. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It was not. I guess not my headset. <laughs> That's okay. some right. kind of connection issue. Okay, so thank you, Karen. <laughs> Try it again. Thank you, Karen and Jessica. Did you read five and six? 
Yes. <laughs> um, let's see, wait. Five and six. Let us not let littleness lead God's son into temptation. His glory is beyond it, measureless and timeless as eternity. Do not let time intrude upon your sight of him. Let him not, leave him not frightened and alone in his temptation, but help him rise above it and perceive the light of which he is a part. Your innocence will light the way to his, and so is yours protected and kept in your awareness. For who can know his glory and perceive the little and the weak about him? Who can walk trembling in a fearful world and realize that heaven's glory shines on him? Six, nothing around you but is part of you. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it so will you come to understand all that is given you. In kind forgiveness, will the world sparkle and shine, and everything you once thought sinful now will be reinterpreted as part of heaven. How beautiful it is to walk clean and redeemed and happy through a world in bitter need of the redemption that your innocence bestows upon it. What can you value more than this? For here is your salvation and your freedom, and it must be complete if you would recognize it. Thank you, Jessica. And Sandra, would you read the... Um, <laughs> let's see. Read six and then section title and on into part two. Yep. Nothing around you but is part of you. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it. So will you come to understand all that is given you. In kind forgiveness will the world sparkle and shine and everything you once thought sinful now will be reinterpreted as part of heaven. How beautiful it is to walk clean and redeemed and happy through the world in bitter need of redemption that your innocence bestows upon it. What can you value more than this? For here is your salvation and your freedom, and it must be complete if you would recognize it. The War Against Yourself, Chapter 23, Part 2 The Irreconcilable Beliefs the memory of God comes to the quiet mind. It cannot come where there is conflict. For a mind at war against itself remembers not eternal gentleness. The means of war are not the means of peace. And what the warlike would remember is not love. War is impossible unless belief in victory is cherished. Conflict within you must be imply that you believe the ego has the power to be victorious. Why else would you identify with it? Surely you realize the ego is at war with God. 
certain is it certain it is it has no enemy yet just as certain is its fixed belief it has an enemy that is must overcome and will succeed thank you Sandra and is there a new reader for seven and eight let's go section title seven and eight I, I could do that. Okay. Please go ahead. Rob. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, chapter 23, The War Against Yourself. Uh, two, The Irreconcilable Beliefs. Seven, the memory of God comes to the quiet mind. It cannot come where there is conflict. For a mind at war against itself remembers not remembers not eternal gentleness. The means of war are not the means of peace. And what the warlike would remember is not love. War is impossible unless belief in victory is cherished. Conflict within you must imply that you believe the ego has the power to be victorious. Why else would you identify with it Surely you realize the ego is at war with God. Certain it is, it has no enemy. Yet just as certain is its fixed belief, it has an enemy that it must overcome and will succeed. 8. Do you not realize a war against yourself would be a war on God? Is victory conceivable? And if it were, is this a victory that you would want? The death of God, if it were possible, would be your death. Is this a victory? The ego always marches to defeat because it thinks that triumph over you is possible. And God thinks otherwise. This is no war. Only the mad belief, the will of God, can be attacked and overthrown. You may identify with this belief but never will it be more than madness. And fear will reign in madness and will seem to have replaced love there. This is the conflict's purpose. And to those who think that it is possible, the means seem real. Thank you, Robin Murray. And uh, is there another new reader for 8 and 9? Another new reader for eight and nine. Okay, back to you, Lori. Do you not realize a war against yourself would be a war on God? Is victory conceivable? And if it were, is this a victory you would want? The death of God, if it were possible, would be your death. Is this a victory? The ego always marches to defeat because it thinks that triumph over you is possible. And God thinks otherwise. This is no war. Only the mad belief the will of God can be attacked and overthrown. You may identify with this belief, 
but never will it be more than madness. And fear will reign in madness and will seem to have been replaced, seem to have replaced love there. This is the conflict's purpose. And to those who think that it is possible, the means seem real. Nine, be certain that it is impossible God and the ego or yourself and it will ever meet. You seem to meet and make your strange alliances on grounds that have no meaning for your beliefs converge upon the body, the ego's chosen home, which you believe is yours. You meet at a mistake, an error in your self-appraisal. The ego joins with an illusion of yourself you share with it. And yet illusions cannot join. They are the same and they are nothing. Their joining leads, lies in nothingness and two are as meaningless as one or as a thousand. The ego joins with nothing, being nothing. The victory it seeks is meaningless as is itself. Thank you, Lori. And Fran? Nine. Be certain that it is impossible. God and the ego or yourself and it will ever meet. You seem to meet and make your strange alliances on grounds that have no meaning. For your beliefs converge upon the body the ego's chosen home, which you believe is yours. You meet at a mistake, an error in your self-appraisal. The ego joins with an illusion of yourself you share with it, and yet illusions cannot join. They are the same, and they are nothing. Your joining lies in nothingness. Two are as meaningless as one or as a thousand. The ego joins with nothing, being nothing. The victory it seeks is meaningless as is itself. Come. Brothers, the war against yourself is almost over. The journey zone is at the place of peace. Would you not now accept the peace offered you here? This quote-unquote enemy you fought as an intruder on your peace is here transformed before your sight into the giver of your peace. Your quote-unquote enemy was God himself, to whom all conflict, triumph, and attack of any kind are all unknown. He loves you perfectly, completely, and eternally. The Son of God at war with his Creator is a condition as ridiculous as nature roaring at the wind in anger and proclaiming that it is part of itself no more. Thank you, Bryn and Jennifer. Ten. Brothers, the war against yourself is almost over. The journey's end is at the place of peace. Would you not now accept the peace offered you here? This quote-unquote enemy you fought as an intruder on your peace is here transformed before your sight into the giver of your peace. 
into the giver of your peace. Your quote-unquote enemy is God himself to, to, to whom all conflict, triumph, and attack of any kind <clears throat> are all unknown. He loves you perfectly, completely, and eternally. The Son of God at war with his Creator is a condition as ridiculous as nature roaring at the wind in anger and proclaiming that it is part of itself no more. <laughs> okay, 11. Could nature possibly establish, establish this and make it true? Nor is it up to you to say, what shall be part of you and what is kept apart? The war against yourself was undertaken to teach the Son of God that, that he is not himself and not his father's son. For this, the memory of his father must be forgotten. It is forgotten in the body's life. And if you think you are a body, you will believe you are forgotten. Yet truth can never be forgotten by itself. <laughs> and you have not forgotten what you are. Only a strange illusion of yourself, a wish to triumph over what you are, remembers not. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen? I'll go back one sentence. The Son of God at war with his Creator is a condition as ridiculous as nature roaring at the wind in anger and proclaiming that it is part of itself no more. 11. Could nature possibly establish this and make it true? Nor is it up to you to say what shall be part of you and what is kept apart. The war against yourself was undertaken to teach the Son of God that he is not himself and not his father's son. For this, the memory of his father must be forgotten. It is forgotten in the body's life. And if you think you are a body, you will believe you have forgotten it. Yet truth can never be forgotten by itself. And you have not forgotten what you are. Only a strange illusion of yourself a wish to triumph over what you are, remembers not. Twelve, the war against yourself is but the battle of two illusions, struggling to make them different from each other. In the belief, the one which conquers will be true. There is no conflict between them and the truth, nor are they different from each other. Both are not true, and so it matters not what form they take. What made them is insane, and they remain part of what made them. Madness holds out no menace to reality and has no influence upon it. Illusions cannot triumph over truth, nor can they threaten it in any way. 
and the reality which they deny is not a part of them. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. Well, the war against yourself is but the battle of two illusions, struggling to make them different from each other in the belief that one which conquers will be true, that the one which conquers will be true. There is no conflict between them and the truth, nor are they different from each other. Both are not true. And so it matters not what form they take. What made them is insane, and they remain part of what made them. Madness holds out no menace to reality and has no influence upon it. Illusions cannot triumph over truth, nor can they threaten it in any way. And the reality which they deny is not a part of them. Thirteen, what you remember is a part of you. For you must be as God created you. Truth does not fight against illusions, nor do illusions fight against the truth. Illusions battle only with themselves. Being fragmented, they fragment. But truth is indivisible and far beyond their little reach. You will remember what you know when you have learned you cannot be in conflict. One illusion about yourself can battle with another, yet the war of two illusions is a state where nothing happens. There is no victor and there is no victory. And truth stands radiant apart from conflict, untouched and quiet in the peace of God. Thank you, Jessica and Sandra. What you remember is part of you, for you must be as God created you. Truth does not fight against illusions, nor do illusions fight against the truth. Illusions battle only with themselves. Being fragmented, they fragment. But truth is indivisible and far beyond their little reach. You you will remember what you know when you have learned you cannot be in conflict. One illusion about yourself can battle with another, Yet the war of two illusions is a state where nothing happens. There is no victor and there is no victory. And truth stands radiant apart from conflict, untouched and quiet in the peace of God. 14. Conflict must be between two forces. It cannot exist between one power and nothingness. There is nothing you could attack that is not part of you. And by attacking it, you make two illusions of yourself in conflict with each other. And this occurs whenever you look on anything that God created with anything but love. Conflict is fearful, for it is 
it is the birth of fear. Yet what is born of nothing cannot win reality through battle. Why would you fill your world with conflicts with yourself? Let all this madness be undone for you and turn in peace to the remembrance of God still shining in your quiet mind. Thank you, Sandra. And Robin Murray. Fourteen. Conflict must be between two forces. It cannot exist between one power and nothingness. There is nothing you could attack that is not part of you. And by attacking it, you make two illusions of yourself in conflict with each other. And this occurs whenever you look on anything that God created with anything but love. Conflict is fearful, but for it is the birth of fear. Yet what is born of nothing cannot win reality through battle. Why would you fill your world with conflicts with yourself? Let all this madness be undone for you and turn in peace to the remembrance of God still shining in your quiet mind. 15. See how the conflict of illusions disappears when it is brought to the truth. For it seems real only as long as it is seen as war between conflicting truths. The conqueror to be the truer, the more real, and the vanquisher of the illusion that was less real made an illusion by defeat. Thus conflict is the choice between illusions one to be crowned as real, the other vanquished and despised. Here will the Father never be remembered. Yet no illusion can invade his home and drive him out of what he loves forever. And what he loves must be forever quiet and at peace because it is his home. And you who are beloved of him are no illusions being as true and holy as himself. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there a new reader for 15 and 16? A new reader for 15 and 16? Okay, back to you, Lori. See how the conflict of illusion disappears and is brought to truth. For it seems real only as long as it is seen as a war between conflicting truths. The conqueror to be the truer, the more real. Excuse me, Lori, can you push a little louder? Oh. Oh, sure, I will try. Um, see how the conflict of illusions disappears when it is brought to truth? For it seems real only as long as it is seen as a war between conflicting truths. The conqueror to be the truer, 
the more real, and vanquisher of the illusion that was less real, made an illusion by defeat. Thus, conflict is the choice between illusions, one to be crowned as real, the other vanquished and despised. Here will the Father never be remembered. Yet no illusion can invade his home and drive him out of what he loves forever. And what he loves must be forever quiet and in peace because it is his home. And you who are beloved of him are no illusions, being as true and holy as himself. 16. The stillness of your certainty of him and of yourself is home to both of you who dwell as one and not apart. Open the door of his most holy home and let forgiveness sweep away all trace of the belief in sin that keeps God homeless and his son with him. You are not strangers in the house of God. Welcome your brother to the home where God has set him in serenity and peace and dwells with him. Illusions have no place where love abides, protecting you from everything that is not true. You dwell in peace as limitless as its creator, and everything is given those who would remember him. Over his home, the Holy Spirit watches, sure that its peace can never be disturbed. Thank you, Lori and Fran. 16. The stillness of your certainty of him and of yourself is home to both of you who dwell as one and not apart. Open the door of his most holy home and let forgiveness sweep away all trace of the belief in sin that keeps God homeless and his son with him. You are not strangers in the house of God. Welcome your brother to the home where God has set him in serenity and peace and, and dwells with him. Illusions have no place where love abides, protecting you from everything that is not true. You dwell in peace as limitless as its creator, and everything is given those who would remember him. Over his home, the Holy Spirit watches, sure that his peace can never be disturbed. 17. How can the resting place of God turn on itself and seek to overcome the one who dwells there? And think what happens when the house of God perceives itself divided. The altar disappears, the light grows dim, the temple of the Holy One becomes a house of sin, and nothing is remembered except illusions. Illusions can conflict because their forms are different, and they do battle only to establish which form is true. Thank you, Brian and Jennifer. 17. How can the resting place of God turn on itself and seek to overcome the one who dwells there? And think what happens when the house of God perceives itself divided. The altar disappears. The light grows dim. The temple of the Holy One becomes becomes a house of sin, and nothing is re- remembered except illusions. 
solutions can come conflict because their forms are different and they do battle only to establish which form is true. 18. <clears throat> illusion meets illusion. Truth itself. The meaning of illusions leads to war. Peace, looking on itself, extends itself. War is the condition in which fear is born and grows and seeks to dominate. Peace is the state where love abides and seeks to share itself. Conflict and, and peace are opposites. Where one abides, the other cannot be. Where either goes, the other <laughs> disappears. Yeah. So is the memory of God obscured in mind that have become illusions battleground. Yet, far beyond this senseless war it shines, ready to be remembered when you when you side with peace. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen, would you conclude with 18? Illusion meets illusion. Truth itself. The meeting of illusions lead to war. Peace, looking on itself, extends itself. War is the condition in which fear is born and grows and seeks to dominate. Peace is the state where love abides and seeks to share itself. Conflict and peace are opposites. Where one abides, the other cannot be. Where either goes, the other disappears. So is the memory of God obscured in minds that have become illusions battleground. Yet far beyond this, senseless war, it shines, ready to be remembered when you side with peace. And thank you, Karen. And yeah, we're past the top of the hour now, but uh, it seems a perfect time to review our lesson for the day. I am in need of nothing but the truth. So, join me in giving your attention to Fran. And Fran, would you please go ahead? Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we have a new theme. The theme is, What is Sin? Um, the lesson for today is Lesson 251, I Am in Need of Nothing But the Truth. So I shall read some from What is Sin, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is sin? Well, this first line. Sin is insanity. It is the means by which the mind is driven mad 
and seeks to let illusions take the place of truth. And being mad, it sees illusions where the truth should be and where it really is. The body is the instrument the mind made and it's striving to deceive itself. Its purpose is to strive. Yet can the goal of striving change? And now the body stores a different aim for striving. What it seeks for now is chosen by the aim the mind has taken as replacement for the goal of self-deception. Truth can be a same as well as lies. Sin is the home of all illusions, which but stand for things imagined, issuing from thoughts which are untrue. A madman's dreams are frightening, and sin appears indeed to terrify. And yet what sin perceives is but a childish game. The Son of God may play, he has become a body, prey to evil and to guilt, with but a little life that ends in death. And all the while, his Father shines on him and loves him with an everlasting love which his pretenses cannot change at all. How long, O Son of God, will you maintain the game of sin? How soon will you be ready to come home? Perhaps today. There is no sin. Creation is unchanged. Would you still hold return to heaven back? How long, O Holy Son of God, how long? Now we'll do the lesson. Lesson 251. I am in need of nothing but the truth. I sought for many things and found despair. Now do I seek but one, for in that one is all I need, and only what I need. All that I sought before I needed not, and did not even want. My only need I did not recognize, but now I see that I need only truth. In that, all needs are satisfied. All cravings end. All hopes are finally fulfilled. And dreams are gone. Now have I everything that I could need. Now have I everything that I could want. And now, at last, I find myself at peace. And for that peace, our Father, we give thanks. What we denied ourselves, you have restored. And only that is what we really want. Lesson 251. I am in need of nothing but the truth. Five minutes.
Lesson 251, I am in need of nothing but the truth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Wonderful service. This is one of my favorites. I love this lesson. So thanks. It's so true. I'm I'm putting it on my refrigerator as my daily lesson along with the lesson. Oh great. Good morning, it's Karen. I am in need of nothing but the truth. Earlier in the first call it was like an experience of just the Christ light shining through me. And that's the truth and that's all I want. That's all I need. Nothing else matters. In this um, meditation just now, it's like the truth. What is the truth? The truth is I am sinless. I am innocent. I am as God created me. I'm still one with my creator. There's nothing else but me. I extend to everything. I share the God source with everything. There's no quote-unquote other. There's nothing different from what I am. The truth is um, I am peace. I am strength. I am divine love, infinite and eternal. I I am peace. I am not. (laughs) Truth is, I am not illusions in conflict with my ego Um, false sense of self and sense perception of a body tells me I am. I'm not that. And I can drop the illusions. I don't have to fight them because they're made of nothingness. All the illusions that conflict with each other is part of nothingness. There's nothing to fight against. I need to nothing. I don't need to strive there's no striving resting in the truth there's no more striving it's just open I am open to receive I am open to extend I am open to receive I breathe in God I breathe out God I breathe in love I breathe out love I breathe in peace I breathe out peace and sometimes I feel um, contracted you know, a thought that contracts or a a response to someone that feels like aversion. I have aversion to something. But in that moment, I just put it on the inner altar and breathe in God and breathe out God and trust. God knows how to deal with this. But I won't, I won't empower it with, with um, miscreation. I won't use my mind to empower illusions. I don't have to do that anymore. All I need is to align to that light of Christ, that light of Christ that flows through my heart mind. And my only job, my only function, is to extend it, to dispel and remove all the illusions of this ego world. And I'm free. I'm free. It's already done. I don't have to do anything. 
I just have to have the remembrance of God. I'm complete. That was a big fat whoopee. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. That was complete. (laughs) I loved it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Um, I, I, um, this is Jennifer. And for me, I have to ask the question when I'm under stress and I want to reach for an addiction to suppress it. I have to ask the question, you know, is this, is this really what I need? What's the truth here? And I had an incident um, in December last year. I was kind of like in a mode of hospitalization with a, a sugar addiction. <clears throat> and um, I was just under a lot of uh, some financial stress and the stress of releasing the addiction fresh off the press, so to speak, um, I don't know, four or five weeks into it. Um, and uh, the holidays, parties, people wanting to see me, but I, I couldn't go to these places because the lure of um, three different addictions were right there. And I, I thought, oh, no, I, I, I just have to, be, I have to be at peace and stay in a, in a safe environment. So I stayed in safe environment, but I remember in the parking lot, I was under a lot of stress, and there was like a cheese candy store across the street in the parking lot. And I was like, I just, I'm so scared. I, I want it so bad, you know, to go and get that and suppress whatever it was I was feeling at that time. And uh, I, I just told you. So, and I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit come in and, and say, that's an illusion. Is that really what you want? And I was like, hell no, that's not what I want. So it was, it was the openness, and now, um, now I'm being guided to ask the question, um, is, this, is this the truth? Is this what I really want? Is this freedom in this thinking, in this thought, in this action? Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. That was very profound and very thought-provoking. I just, um, for myself, I feel like when I identify with the truth of who I am, then my quote-unquote addictions become illusions. But if I feel like I have to fight them and battle them, it's an illusion also. Um, I had that in my notes. It's so, it's so ironic that you mentioned it because I had that in my notes. The the fat me versus the skinny me are two illusions, you know, the fighting the battle of food and addiction to sugar. And it was exactly what you said, exactly that point. Um, I don't know what's true for you. I couldn't say how the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us at different points in our in our evolution of understanding. 
But I do know that when I'm in the place where the holy love of God is shining through me, I don't care so much about all that stuff. But as you say, you know, when I run to those things for comfort, I try to take the Holy Spirit with me. You know, I think just coming back to that place where I feel the channel of the Holy Spirit open through me, flowing through me, through my heart mind, is all I need. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Karen. I just want to say yes to everything you said. And I did um, have an experience yesterday. I put a very low sugar jam on my peanut butter and Ezekiel bread sandwich. And it was done. I would normally not do that um, and um, or have that even in my refrigerator. And I was totally with Holy Spirit. I, I have so much love in my heart and I'm so happy with my life that because of the state I'm in, that choice was okay. And, um, and I just asked uh, the Holy Spirit in the area of food um, uh, and, and a couple other things, I asked him, and he'll and I ask for help, like because I need help. Like, how much can I have of the soy milk? And they'd be like, "Okay, no, stop." <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's where, you know, I'm still needing help. So I think absolutely there's a time for chocolate, and maybe right now that's just not my time. It's cacao powder, you know. So maybe it'll never be, but it doesn't matter. It's being happy in my Happiness is only in communion with the Holy Spirit God in any given moment. And um, I even watched myself yesterday, in hindsight, go unconscious. <laughs> and, and it's okay. Everything's fine. But I went into shame and guilt, and I was like, oh, wow, uh, correction. So I, um, yeah, there's even a judgment in that, just saying that. So, but I, um, I, asked, I asked for God to help me, and, and I got the answers. And I'm continuing to get the answers. So, uh, anyways, I love you guys, and this lesson is so profound. Thank you so Thank much. You, Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. I have a little bit more lighthearted share, but because I was reminded in a newsletter I read that this month is uh, Peter, uh, the actor Peter Sellers, it was his birthday. And um, the last movie he made uh, before he died in 1980 was called Being There. And it's a movie about a guy who had some truth. Or maybe it's really impossible to have some truth. Maybe you only you have all truth or you have no truth. But anyway, that's what I'm describing it as. It is a lighthearted movie, but very profound. And I think that all of you would enjoy it if you never saw it before. So I'm not going to spoil it by giving you the ending. Um, thank you. It's called Being There. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, thank Ida. Thank you, Ida. 
Well, thanks, Ida. And thank you, Jessica and Karen, for your very practical application of the lesson and the reading today. Thank you. Um, morning, everybody. It's Mindy. Um, um, I think it was Jennifer, you mentioned you saw yourself going unconscious, and oh, I'm at the place where I'm noticing that, which is good. Um, it's uncomfortable, but um, it's <laughs> and it can be a battle sometimes. I feel myself going unconscious, and the tendency is, you know, for the mind to want to give me thoughts that make me go down that dark tunnel. And, um, and if I'm tired, you know, if the body hasn't gotten sleep or has been too stressed, then sometimes it feels like a battle. Um, right now, I have a kitty who is ailing. She's got some challenges, and it's causing her stress and causing cortisol and causing her to scratch and lick. And, and it's really pointing out where, you know, when I'm in a place of peace, she rests. As soon as I become agitated, even if she's several feet away, she starts scratching again. And, um, you know, my brother is my mirror, and so is my kitty. And it's been a real challenge to um, stay centered and not go into fear when I notice myself kind of going unconscious or into negativity, and then I see Annie start to scratch. It's very challenging for me um, you know, that statement earlier, um don't know if it was today's or it was um, yesterday's, but at the beginning of the um, phone um, email, uh, Reverend Reeves always put some pertinence of something from the text, and it said something about, you know, when you recognize that what you put out there and what you create, your brother experiences, and vice versa, that what he experiences and expresses, you also feel. So when you can let go of the thought that that's a burden and see it as a blessing, you know, the truth of it is, is that it's a total blessing. Um, because even when I am creating something negative and I'm feeling negative and scared, like the Annie negative and scared, she's mirroring me. So that's a real blessing. It gives me an opportunity to not be unconscious in that illusion. Um, so instead of seeing it as a burden, which I was, I can turn it around and see it as a blessing. And, and instead of seeing her as a victim of me and my state of being, which is, of course, very egoic, my heart, my heart and my mind can embrace the truth, which is that I'm not making her do anything. She's actually, the truth of it is, is she's actually there to, she's willing to be my mirror. And, and this beautiful soul is willing to experience discomfort in the body in order to, to show me and, and, and to help me heal and for me to be healed and also to bring her with me. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful circle. 
Oh, I'm I'm talking myself through it, Lori. <laughs> um, and just a few minutes ago before I started to speak, I was feeling very much like a body and not free and um, nervous about getting something done really important to me that has been an issue that I've had a lot of fear around over the last 15 years. This Today is the last day, the last crown that I need. And um, 15 years ago, I knew I needed eight crowns. And I lost four teeth. I managed to crown four teeth on my own. Um, you know, and then the government finally kicked in and said, we're going to pay for crowns. And I went, woohoo! And I go about an hour away to get the best dentist that I could. And uh, I'm going today. And I have been late, and it's caused, and there have been complications. And, and the same day I was late and having challenges, it caused complications. And I have some concern that one of the molds didn't work out, and so today it's going to be a bit of a challenge to get the teeth to align. And I, I even woke up with a tooth below where the crown is going to be hurting and feeling like it's loose or there's something wrong with the filling, and it's like, ay, ay, ay. So it looks like the body is acting up, but this is not something happening on its own. I'm not a victim of the world I see. I'm not a body. This is me. My body is helping me to look at some fears that I still haven't looked at. So my best thought is that... um, you know, and I've got all these fears like, oh, no, I don't know where my license is. Where's my money? How do I get to the bank? I don't have enough money for gas, blah, blah, blah. Oh, where's my fake license? You know, all the chaos that I've created in my home. And it's like I've got only a few hours to get myself ready, take care of the cats, find these things. And so I'm going into fear. So I'm realizing that, that the fear is coming up, the body is reacting, and it is to help me to release illusions. What's today's lesson? You know, (laughs) so sometimes it's pretty uncomfortable, I have to say, because I must be determined to learn this or I wouldn't have all this stuff coming up, creating the fear and making me face it. So thank you. Um, I just, I needed to say that to get myself out of feeling kind of paralyzed and just sitting there paralyzed um, and having, you know, the body go into pain. Like I said on the workbook call, um, wherever I perceive lack, if I perceive lack, which is illusion, then it's natural to go into fear, and then the body has pain. And then everything else is more challenging. So I am stating right now that I'm still feeling fear. However, I'm willing to go into action with faith and the best thought that I can have. And I'm declaring to you guys that I'm willing to have the best thought, and I'm willing to have the Holy Spirit take me from one place of being to another, to another, until I arise out of this illusion of all these things I'm telling myself, and, and that it, it just becomes a happy day, of a happy dream, where when I leave, I know Annie's in a better place. I'm seeing that for myself. And that it's easeful to get together everything I need, and that instead of seeing, and here's the big turnaround for me, guys. The body's eye says, You've got to get to this appointment. You're finally going to get your teeth fixed. And, oh, my God, you better get there on time so they don't have problems. And, oh, my God, there were problems with the mold and all this stuff. And my body says, you know, I've got to handle this. This is, boy, this is a hard uphill climb. But my soul knows the truth that all this stuff with the body 
Yeah, the teeth going. What? It's really a call for love. The, the body is showing me where I am not allowing truth to enter. And um, every tooth has an organ attached to it, and every organ has a, a function. And according to Louise Hay, everything has a spiritual equivalent. So I guess I'm determined to truly, truly get past illusions this time around, or I wouldn't have so many challenges with the body, which have just come one after the other, making pretty much everything else challenging, the expression of love, wanting to express myself physically and not always being able to do a full expression of a hug or or, um, lovemaking, Um, not being able to have a home that I consider to be welcoming so that there's a part of me that feels that I'm not connecting and I'm not being loved and having love and that I'm afraid of being alone. I, I have to say, I must be a pretty gosh darn strong and determined soul to, to put myself in this situation and then found this Course in Miracles and I am determined to get through. And I'm trusting that one little illusion at a time will be lifted as I put my thought on this is not about the body. This is about sharing a holy infant and sharing love with my dentist with the hygienist, with the dental assistant, with everybody that I'm riding on the road with. It's about busting through illusions and saying, yeah, I'm getting my body fixed. I'm not a body, though. I'm free. This is, my, this is my way of connecting right now. This is my chosen way of connecting. And so I am going to connect with people. Otherwise, I'd be probably sitting here alone all day trying to clean up my mess. But instead, I have an opportunity to share. Oh, my goodness and to affirm with my people who know how to fix my teeth that, um, yes, I feel the body, and yes, I, I, I experience things through it, but God has given everything we need to, like a little child, to soothe the body and to, to heal and, and to make the body know that it's really okay. Mama's here, Daddy's here, and it's all going to be okay. And... Uh, and, and, and I just know that Annie is helping me to draw forth that part of me. I love her so much and I want to see her happy that I'm willing to go through my fears to get to that place. So the truth will set me free and all I need is the truth. And then all the illusions and all the fear fall down one by one like a house of cards. So thank you. I'm willing to be with my fear today and I'm willing to allow myself to let the Holy Spirit see, help me see the best at every moment. Envision the sun, envision things going beautifully, envision a perfect tooth, but more importantly, and Annie feeling better, but more importantly, being in a place of love and, and just allowing it to expand because my healing is everyone's healing. Thank you guys for letting me share. I'm still being a little unclear, but... It's just time to stop talking and get moving. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, Mindy. Oh. Mindy. Yeah. Mindy, do you have another minute? Of course I do. I'm going to keep you guys on while I make my coffee. Absolutely. Could you, uh, could, do you have the text, the email, or the text? I was going to ask you to read paragraph 18. Okay. 
Um, Thank you, Lamoy. Um, you know what? I may have the... What lesson are we on today? Um, the lesson is 251, but I was thinking from the reading, um, the last paragraph of the irreconcilable beliefs. Yes, I had yesterday's up, so it was there was no 18, but I have today's up. I would love to read it. Thank you. Um, well, it looks like I need somebody else to read it because it's going to online and I don't have my reading glasses for the small print. Um, who would be willing to read that for me? I would really appreciate that. I would love to read it. Thank you, Mindy. 18. Illusion meets illusion, truth itself. The meaning of illusions leads to war. Peace, looking on itself, extends itself. War is the condition in which fear is born and grows and seeks to dominate. Peace is the state where love abides and seeks to share itself. Conflict and peace are opposites. Where one abides, the other cannot be. Where either goes, the other disappears. So is the memory of God obscured in minds that have become illusions battleground. Yet far beyond this senseless war, it shines, ready to be remembered when you side with peace. Amen. Thank you, Lemoyne. I, was got, I really wanted to ask if we read, how far we read today, because I didn't join until the uh, lesson. Thank you very much. That statement, war is um, where conflict begins and illusion begins. I thought, well, what causes war? Well, why would I choose war and then all the conflict and all the illusions? And my mind said, well, <clears throat> if you believe yourself right, then you believe you're in competition for everything. And, and if that country has what you need and you don't have it and they don't give it to you, you're going to go to war. And so what breeds illusion, what breeds conflict, what breeds war? And so I see myself as separate. So that was, wow. You know, I'm, I'm not separate from the, um, the dental people. I'm not there to be a burden and be late and present conflicts and blah, blah, blah. I'm not separate from one. We're all together. We are all one. And we are joyously working together to, um, to allow these expressions that we call our bodies be in a place of wholeness and, and ability to give and receive love. And, and that, that just turns the whole day around for me. Um, thank you. I'm complete. And that doesn't mean I don't want more support or feedback if anybody has anything. But Lemoyne, um, can you share with, with us what it is you saw in that that um, you thought was really good? Well, I, this is the line from 13, uh, the first two lines, first two sentences. What you remember is a part of you. For you must be as God created you. 
And uh, it's just the, you know, <laughs> the way the way the truth is the salvation is salvation is the restoral to peace. And, you know, where truth abides, con- conflict cannot be. And where one abides, the other cannot be. Where either goes, the other disappears. So, uh, the what does it say about conflict? Is that the conflict of illusions is but a choice between one or the other. And all that carried out in form obscures the the inherent nature of being as being at peace in the home where it was created uh, to be and extend. So it's just, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the answer, uh, I've been thinking today, the answer my son has gotten in is, is in some kind of what appears to be a terminal conflict around at work, and, and terminal in the sense that it's probably going to end the job. That's what it looks like. But I kept thinking, you know, the answer is some form of peace, even if it's just okay. This isn't my battle. I'm going to go be at peace somewhere else. You know, I don't know what the form is, but the answer is some form of peace. And uh, the same, it's essentially the same to say, you know, the answer is the truth. And uh, the answer lies where the problem is, within. Anyway, I'm complete. Amen. Thanks. Thanks so much. Oh, thank, thank you. Yeah. That statement that in illusion, um, we're, we're choosing, we're in conflict. Truth is not in conflict with illusion, but illusions are in conflict with each other. And one seems to battle the other to win. I see that process in my mind, uh, trying to figure out ahead of time, well, what should I do about the money? And should I find this or should I try and find that? Should I clean this or, gee, what do I do? And really, the truth of it is, is that I know what to do. And as I get up and get going with my day, and I, I just allow myself to be at peace and be in the truth of my being, which is I have everything I need, and all is well, and it's in divine order, and everything's going to be great, you know, that is the truth. Um, as I go about getting ready for my day, I'll, I'll find what I need. I don't have to, in fear, decide, okay, well, what should I do about this apparent lack of money and license and blah, blah, blah. And... Um, it's like the, I can see myself fighting and I'm realizing that that is just all illusion and that the truth of it is is that as I go along getting ready for my day, everything I need will be found because I am in sync. I'm one with everything. I am at one with my good. And my good is to leave this house with all the animals taken care of and, and me at peace and me to enjoy my ride and, and me to go, yay, I got my last toothpicks, yay, and uh, just come back and, and, and do my thing and, uh, and continue to grow and learn. So I just want to commend myself. It's been a journey, 
And um, last time I realized that I, I was still in a place of fear, whatever that fear is that had created this problem and created my, my missing my blessing of getting them fixed 15 years ago. It's like I'm committed to getting over this. It, you know how, how I think sometimes we as human beings have certain overarching fears or certain, you know, illusions are specific to each of us, but the love that heals them all and the truth we all share. And um, evidently, this was a huge one for me as a human. You know, whatever this issue and constantly having fear about it and creating challenges with it, evidently, for me, it's a big one. And I'm really looking forward to when the Holy Spirit, you know, when it's lifted and the Holy Spirit gives me the perspective and the aha. And when I look back, I see all the puzzles and I go, oh, wow. I let go of this belief and I let go of that illusion. And I let go of this trauma. And look what I've done by pushing forward with something that I have fear about. So I know it's going to be a huge, like, celebration. Woohoo! It's not just about the truth getting done. It's about me pushing forward to my good on the human level, which is synonymous with my growth as a soul and my unfoldment and my ability to be who I am in truth. Thank you. Ah, wow. All right. <laughs> that really helps me to say that. It's just, you know, it really takes the pressure off. And I really now know why it is I'm feeling fear because there's a healing that I really want. And, and, and it's no coincidence that, you know, today's Friday and we're still together. It's not Saturday. So, woohoo! Onward and upward. And as that guy says in that uh, cartoon, I don't know what it was, but um, there's these, uh, these, these toys that come to life. He goes, to infinity and beyond, as he puts his rocket ship on and goes from where he is to where he needs to be, to infinity and beyond. And I'm just going to let that rocket ship of love and truth carry me and have a, a day of miracles and breakthroughs for everyone in my life. I'm complete. Thank you. Go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please release me. Let me go. Oh, good morning, guys. It's Jude. Oh, the truth sets me free. The truth doesn't set me free. The truth helps me realize that I've never been in bondage. Oh, boy. This course is just so wonderful. I um, really love the lesson today, and I love hearing you share, Fran, about it on the on, uh, Reverend Pam's call, and, and again, hearing you read it, something about your voice is just really works, works for me. It has impact on me. It's beyond the words. The impact comes from the source. And that settling in a place of peace. And this whole reading today is just really bringing me home, home to heaven. I um just working on the rubber meat in the road with the experience of being in the body and and you know Mindy spoke of being human and I thought I am not a human I'm I, that's an alien form and I am purely mind and purely spirit struggling with thinking my reality is being human and it's you know, thinking that pain is in the body when pain is in my mind. I'm projecting pain 
onto my body and thinking my body can tell me how I feel. This is how I'm reducing all of this nonsense about the pain in my body, the physical pain and the physical experience of it and how not to get lost in it. It's like, oh, poor pitiful me, you know. Um, in AA, we used to talk about the the pity pot and feeling sorry for ourselves was, oh, poor, poor me, oh, poor, poor me, another drink. <laughs> and I get that, you know, I always start feeling sorry for myself about being in bodily pain. But it's a difficult, it's, it's a difficult, um, the ego makes it difficult for me. It, the voice of the ego it screams first and it screams loudly with its vain, vain imagining of being something that I'm not. And I just want to stand in the truth of who I am today because I love to, like, Fran, I heard you say, this is one of my most favorite lessons, too, because the truth reminds me that I am free. I've always been free. Since I've had a glimpse of the truth of who I am, I know I'm not in bondage to the mind that thinks I am a body. And that's where the healing is. It comes from my source, the one-minded, one-hearted source, the one-minded, one-hearted source of love, the power of love, the power of my thinking with God that, that relieves me of the bondage to thinking I'm a victim of suffering, that, you know, the ego is, is the misery maker and wants me to believe it, wants me to believe that I'm not true. And the text today is absolutely one of my most favorites. Um, that I can't remember who I am if I'm not in peace. And that all conflict is within me. I'm at war with myself. If I'm in opposition to pain in my body, and you guys have heard me tell my story about really hating my pain so much in, in the grocery store, I was projecting hate on everything, even the grocery cart that was holding me up. I was hating everything in the store. I was hating having to be in the store. I was hating being, period. And I was so, so far from home. The heaven and the joy and the peace that restores me to who I am in truth. The natural, easy, comfortable way of being, even being in a, in a painful body that slows me down and so says, walk gingerly, walk tenderly, go as slow as you need to, lean if you have to, ask for help if you have to, sit down if you have to, don't go to the store if you don't have to. It relieves me of thinking I have to do anything that I can call for help. It's the most kind and tender and loving and compassionate way to look at myself. I love the line... I sought for many things and found despair. This seeking for comfort for my pain outside of myself has just led me further down the road, seeking outside of myself for for answers in the world, calling doctors and seeking treatments. You know, it's, it's all well and fine and good and has its place in the world, but, you know, the world is propaganda for the, sensorial instrument that my ego wants to wants me to believe that I am and that I can't find my peace in any of it is true because it's all temporary 
temporary, temporaneous, and it doesn't last. The pain comes and goes. It's like eating a bowl of ice cream. The pleasure pain and goes. Pleasure of it comes and goes. But the true, changeless peace and joy of who I am doesn't come and go. And that's the truth of who I am. That's the changeless truth that's always already, always has been, always is, and always will be with me. The truth of God in me, that if I seek God first, he gives me everything, has given me everything that I need and want. I can only need and want him, and I can't make any one thing more than everything. That's what the judgment, the perception, it's, it slices and dices a little bit of something out of everything, the everything that I am. And I need to continually remind myself of these things because I get lost in perception. I get lost in the belief that I'm a body. I can say I'm not the body. I've been saying it for years and maybe even just pretending that I'm not a body. I don't know where I'm at with that. But all I know is when I depend and rely radical, radical dependence and reliance upon the truth. I know I am free. I'm not set free. I know I am free. And there's a difference, a huge difference in that. And I want to, I want that. I want and need only that. This is a great reading. I'm sorry I missed reading it with you guys this morning. Um, I love hearing all your shares. But one last thing, um, that all temptation is for the Son of God to be tempted by the belief that he is, is in the, and as only the, and limited to the body, limited to the weakness and frailty of the body. And the, 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 the text speaks to something that, Lori, you often say, I've heard you often say, Thank you very much that we choose between, choose again, choose between the weakness and the limited frailty of, of, of being alone and separate in the body or depending on the truth of who I am, the power, the wisdom, the strength, the glory, the magnitude, the joy between weakness and strength, Jude and the Christ in me. <laughs> I'll take the Christ in me over Jude any day. Thank you, guys. Have a joyful day. I'm staying for um, as long as I can this morning. Sharon, I'm complete. Wow, what a share. Thank you so much. That was great. Hey there, guys and girls. Are we having fun tonight, today? hope so. This is Steve. I've been listening. And my perspective's a little bit different, which is wonderful. I find that this opportunity with this short life, so many years before I came here and many years when after I go, and here I have this short interval in this body to experience the changing world, 
and in this body to know the unchanging part in me. And the both, the, the dual world, hot and cold, pleasure and pain, sunshine, winters, seasons, and then the light inside, the place inside that is where the guidance comes. And the guidance actually, that Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, can teach me how to negotiate this horizontal experiment world. And so I'm just loving the ice cream and loving the source of the ice cream simultaneously. And then not always, but when I'm not, you know, like my friend said, when you're born, there's a piano on top, a huge piano that some of us, and it's going to come down on top of us and squash us. Some of us have a long rope. Some of us have a short rope. But he was saying that as long as I keep that in mind, when I'm having a tough day or a wonderful day, it doesn't change that piano coming down. And so it's a wonderful reminder to make this day the optimal. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. So glad you're on the call. You're you're an angel. Takes one to know one. What you? Yeah, that's a projection, angel friend. So this panel is going to squash me. We're all angels. That's true. This this panel that's going to come and squash me is that just my ego trying to kill me? Is that what you're referring to? I didn't quite understand that, Steve. As soon as we're born, there's like this analogy to a, a, piano, a huge piano that's going to like squash us. Yes. Everybody, right. as soon as it's born, that's what that is. It's the mortality thing. Okay. That's what, I, gotcha. that's what you got me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I love the thing where you said moving horizontally in this world it's like um, sometimes I I get stuck and I think, oh, I shouldn't be doing, like that's the worldly things. I'm moving forward. I'm moving from mile eight to mile nine. I'm moving towards my goal. I'm going on the street. I'm going to my thing. And moving vertically is what I'm doing when I am on this call or doing my spiritual practice and I'm opening myself up to the higher truth. It's like truth feels like it's at a higher dimension. And so I'm, I, as I'm traveling horizontally, doing my thing in this world, I'm vertical too. So that, that's really, I love how you said that. Because I, I know sometimes that, that when I'm afraid, I think, okay, no horizontal movement at all. I better just do the vertical and lift myself up. But we're here as a human being to do both and, and to do it in balance. And as I'm moving horizontally towards the goal on this planet in a worldly way, my true spirit can be rising up the whole time. There, there is no exclusivity in that. So that really helps me debunk this, well, in order to be spiritual, you know, I'm really getting enlightened. i got to be a nun or something. You know, that's an exaggeration. But that was really helpful. That was a really wonderful way of, of 
showing the dynamics of the human journey um, on the spiritual path. So I thank you. That that really <sighs> yay. <laughs> thank you. I'm moving horizontally and vertically too, and and to know that I can do both at the same time. That's being in the grace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I can see. Thanks, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. This whole thing of moving through my fear and, and pushing forward and getting ready and looking for things, even though on a human level I have a history of being late when I don't find things. Moving through the fear, just moving forward horizontally, doing the coffee, getting ready. Um, this is a spiritual journey that I'm on. Like I said earlier, if I can see this, the truth of it is, this is a spiritual journey. It's not about the truth and it's not even about being on time or not. It's about discovering the truth and the love underneath the fear and the angle of the fear. And that, my friends, is the vision quest I'm on today and that's the journey I'm making with all of you. Thank you. Think about it. What is the ultimate truth? It really is love. And I'm committed to getting it from my head, which is where it's at now, into my heart, and allowing that love to relax my body and just have it be a fun journey of getting ready and getting the clothes done and, you know, all the stuff that we have to do to meet a goal on a human level and move forward. And um, I think I'm really committed to, you know, this last night I was saying, God, I'm up until 2 or 3 in the morning doing all these things that I didn't get done and cleaning this up, watering the plants, taking care of the cat. I'm going, this really is a part of life. I'm never going to get to the point where I don't have to do this. Um, so gosh darn it. Thank you, God, for showing me that there's a whole way of being when I'm doing this that, that can make it into this, this beautiful unfolding of a flower of love and, and the vision of the real world and and and, and just the, the thing that actually catapults me into the place where I want to be. It's a place of beingness and love, um, not doing this because of lack. You know, oh, the plants lack water. Oh, the cats lack food. It's like it was just this revelation that there's another way of holding it. So I'm going to bring that with me today too. And I'm going to stop talking now. It does help. But at some point, I realize I've said all that I can say, and it's just time to open my heart and just move forward. So I, I, I will ask everyone here to support me in being in a place of love, um, not fear, even though it looks like I've got a lot to accomplish. Um, it looks like I've got a lot to do that might not be accomplishable in a couple of hours to get on the road. But I'm committed to having the love be the thing, no matter what the outer circumstances are, and just having that meeting be a place of love. And when we're all done and I walk out of there, we're all walking on cloud nine, and, and the sun will come out, and everywhere I go, you know, there's this commercial where this woman walks, and in front of her, the world was black and white, but as she walks, the aura of love that precedes her turns everything to color. And that is what I want. So Dorothy is on the Yellow Brick Road, and thank you again for letting me share. I'm complete. Amen.
Thanks, Mindy. So this is Ida. Hi. Um, I, since I've been in the hospital and now in the rehab center, um, I have to let go of talking too much on these calls because my body just wasn't in that place to be able to do that very well. Um, but it's really been a good call and really a lot of great responses and great sharings and um, so thank you everybody I love you I'm complete oh, I love you too Ida no, thank you very much Ida I was forgetting. <laughs> Supposed to end the recording here somewhere. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't have anything to add except the, the paragraph eighteen kind of sums it up. <clears throat> and uh doesn't kind of sum it up. It does sum it up. And uh, so let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic close for this lovely call? A uh, poetic close? You bet I do. Um... In the spirit of the two wolves that battle for my mind, I would offer this from Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing because of who you are and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Son of God is invincible, invulnerable, and his innocence is his strength. The source of that which can meet them at the door laughing. <laughs> that would be it. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Lori. Thanks to everyone who is here, whether you read or just listened, and anyone who listens in the future.
And uh, I will end the recording now, but not the call. <laughs>